I just got back from New York and this episode is what I am seeing trending spring 2024 that I saw at the trade shows from what I saw on the streets of New York and on the latest runways. I pulled it all together. I'm sharing what I'm seeing out there from a trend perspective. And I'm also sharing how I interpret those from a buyer's perspective when I am planning out my collection or giving advice on how you interpret those trends for your own brand and apply them to the investments that you make for your inventory. So it's a really fun chat. I hope you enjoy this little bit of a different episode this week. Hey friend, quick question for you. Are you feeling stuck with how to get your brand to stand out on FAIR? I'm asking you because as a buyer myself, I can tell you that there are just so many brands out there vying for the attention of these buyers, but I know that your brand has something so special and it needs to be seen. I put together a private podcast for you that goes deeper into what buyers are really looking for on the FAIR platform and how you can stand out from the crowd to grow your wholesale business and really land those dream buyers. So if this resonates with you, head to the link in the show notes for instant access. Welcome back to the Buyer Side Chat. I am your host and your buyer bestie, Kristen Fisher. And I love talking about all things big retail strategy to help you grow and scale your small retail business. And everything that I talk about is really through the lens of a buyer. So As you know, I have an extensive background as a buyer in corporate retail, and I also have my own product business that I have had for almost six years now. And I love the side of buying where you're getting into the strategy and getting into the numbers and really figuring out your opportunities there. But there's a whole other piece of being a buyer that is understanding and identifying trends in the market and how that translates to your own business and your own product offering. As a buyer, it is your job to be curating an assortment or a collection of product that will be at the forefront of the trend that makes sense for your customer. And you have to do it through that lens of that customer because not all the trendiest trendy things are going to make sense for your customer. So, you know, with my background, I have bought for a bunch of different companies that have completely different demographics. For example, I was a buyer at Urban Outfitters and I was also a buyer at J. Jill. Some of you might not even know what J. Jill is. And that is probably because your mom or your grandma shops there. It is an older demographic. It was so cool buying for them because that customer was so freaking loyal. But I had to get into the mindset of a 50, 60, 70-year-old woman, which was not me, right? But I was the buyer. I oversaw all the categories that I managed And I had to ensure that the product that we were bringing in was on trend for that customer. And on the flip side for Urban Outfitters, I was that customer at the time that I was buying. So it was a little bit easier because I was able to be more connected to it. However, the pressure was on because I was part of a company that was setting trends. So in order for that to happen, I was traveling the world. Not all the time. I know that sounds really glamorous. Um, It wasn't all travel all the time, but I was super fortunate to be able to go to Paris, go to 
London multiple times, go to Amsterdam, go to Copenhagen. I went to all these cool places. And the goal of that was to see what was trending internationally. We went to LA and New York all the time to see what people were wearing and also to see what other small shops and boutiques were carrying in these markets that were more trend forward and used that to give us a creative take on different collections that we were putting together. So at every different type of retailer I was at, there was a component of trend research. We also were fortunate to have a design team and in many cases, a concept team or a concept person that was specifically owning, understanding and reporting back on what the trends were in the market. Corporate has such a massive budget that they're able to have multiple teams either dedicated to trend and concept and development. In addition to the design team and the buying team, they're all doing individual research. But the goal of the buyer wasn't to figure out what the trends were and then say, this is it. It was, here are the trends through the lens of our customer that would make sense and actually drive sales. The designer's job was to do that same thing, but also to push us and say, here are some trends that are out there that as a buyer, you were a little bit uncomfortable bringing in, but they were there to push us. And then the concept team was full on pushing everyone, but also creating the floor sets and the concepts and the trends that would be really the focal point of each zone of the store for each month or each delivery. And everyone would kind of design and develop and buy into that. So there were multiple layers of it. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because first of all, there's a lot on your plate. And one of the things that you have to be doing, especially if you are a more fashion forward brand or more trend driven brand is to always have your finger on the pulse on what is going on in the market so that you can kind of stay ahead of the curve and set those trends. Or on the flip side, if perhaps you are not the most trend forward, understanding how you can filter trends through the lens of your brand is so extremely important to make sure that you're actually making money and not falling trapped to (laughs) all the different trends that are going on all the time. So this episode is really kind of a play off of last week's episode where I interviewed Jessica Richards and we talked all about trends and forecasting and how to really interpret trends for your brand and incorporate that into your messaging and your marketing and really staying true to your brand ethos and identity and kind of take what serves you and leave what doesn't. And we talked a little bit about what was truly trending for this year. And she had some really fantastic insights on a more macro global level. So that was episode 53 with Jessica Richards. If you want to go back and give that a listen, if you missed it, it was such a fun conversation. We also used to work together in the fashion industry. So that was just so much fun to talk to her and kind of reconnect. So right after I recorded that, I went to New York and went to the New York Now and the Shop Object trade shows for I guess it would be winter, the winter season. So in February of 2024, I went to those shows and I knew going into it that I wanted to do another episode to go a little bit more micro into some of the trends that I'm seeking out there from my perspective and just give some kind of insights into some trend research that I saw while I was in New York. So it's kind of a part two, a play off of last week's episode. And this is all inspired. I'm going to give a shout out here to my former client, 
Jessie McNeil, who is the owner of The Cheery Pet. She was and I were talking in the DMs one day when I had asked for some feedback on like, hey, what do you want to hear on the podcast? And she brought up understanding what's going on from a trend perspective. And I was like, this is such a fun conversation and such a fun topic. So I'm going to give you what I'm seeing out there. And keep in mind, I'm not a trend researcher. I'm not like the voice of trend. (laughs) This is just from a buyer's perspective, what I saw out there. I would love to hear what you're seeing out there too. So definitely DM me at Kristen Fisher Coaching if there's something that you're seeing out there too, because I'd love to do a roundup and continue kind of sharing with you guys trends that I'm seeing from a buyer's perspective. Okay, so the first overall trend, let's just talk about color. Color is so huge and important and bold right now. I was obsessed walking through the aisles at Shop Object in particular, just seeing the color. It was so bold and bright and happy and colorful. I just, it was so invigorating to see really a a take on rainbow. Honestly, that's what it comes down to. It's rainbow. So it's not just the palette itself, but it's the, the mix of the colors and the shades of the colors that were used were just so beautiful. They weren't necessarily primary versions of the color. They were a little more Uh, jewel-toned, a little bit deeper with pops of hot pink and pops of the brights. And so it kind of balanced itself out. So it felt like, I don't know, I guess I could call it a more mature, fun rainbow, I guess. It was everywhere. So that was either from physical products um, like pickleball paddles (laughs) to candle vessels, to notebooks, to just the visual merchandising and the way that they these brands showed their product in a very rainbow kind of home edit-esque <laughs> organization. It was just really bold and bright and beautiful. And then there were hints of a very warm neutral that kind of played into that. So tans, linen colors it, that kind of balanced out all those brights. So one of the things I really saw is the way that this bold, bright color translated to candle vessels was really exciting for me. I think for a long time, we had the white, the milky white, opaque glass or amber jars for candles. There's very much a shift to colored vessels that were happening. A lot of them were in these like rainbow jewel tone vessels. So it was colored high shine glass with the candle information printed directly on the vessel. Now, I know that that is more expensive. So if you are a candle brand or a candle maker, do not panic. This is just what's kind of going on out there with some of the higher price point, more luxe candle brands. But it's very much these beautiful colored glass vessels, either high shine glass or milky glass. And so I think it's kind of moving away from the colored label and more into a colored vessel. So that was a fun take on these rainbow, bold, bright, beautiful colors into a candle brand. What this kind of leads me into the next trend is color blocks and stripes. And that's obviously not like a earth shattering pattern per se, but the way that it was used in different motifs, I thought was really interesting. And it actually kind of takes me to just what I saw on the runways this past spring. So speaking more specifically to the use of stripes, it was kind of more of a color blocking versus a true stripe in addition to true stripes 
being like multicolor stripes down to tonal color stripes to two color, like a bicolor stripe, literally all the types of stripes, but they were not really variegated. It's very much even clean stripes that were everywhere on the runways. And I feel like I saw a lot of this in print motifs throughout the trade shows, particularly when it came to like stationary, there was a lot of really beautiful stripes as well as home linens, napkins, things like that. With the color blocking, I feel like I saw more color blocking on the runways versus what I saw at the trade shows. I think the trade shows, because I wasn't going to apparel trade shows, I was seeing more of like the play on colorful stripes and the use of stripes in kind of physical products. But for apparel, there were tons of stripes on the on the runways. But specifically when it comes to this like color blocking and kind of like broken up stripes, a couple of shows to reference would be Fendi, Louis Vuitton, Dries Van Noten. Um, there's somebody that I'm forgetting. It'll come to me. I think it was Todd's maybe. If you look up those shows, you'll see what I'm talking about where the stripes are kind of color blocked and like in interesting directions and plays on the color. So there are these bright, bold colors, again, mixed back to the tans and the camel colors that were just like a really beautiful elevated way to do those bright, bold colors. So color blocking and stripes were everywhere, both in the stationary home goods, (laughs) home decor, all the things at those trade shows, plus on the runways, very, very important, um, a pattern and fun kind of takes on the color and the way that the color is used. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about print and pattern outside of stripes, but a little bit more like specifically prints. One that I feel like is not only in like physical hard goods, but also in food packaging specifically and on the runways, but maybe not in a huge way were more abstract shapes. So kind of this modern at like kind of artsy feeling to shapes. I feel like that is definitely out there. I'm going to give a shout out to by Chevelli, this beautiful jewelry brand. I got to catch up with her at New York now. So it was so fun to see her, but she has these like geometric squiggle uh, jewelry and these really fun, bold, bright neon colors. And so that kind of like squiggle abstract shape pattern is, is definitely out there. Um, I think that the show that had the most of this was Ferragamo. I hope, I hope I'm not misquoting or miss citing that, but I I think it was the Ferragamo show had a lot of these like abstract shapes. This one, I was kind of, uh, beside myself to see this all over the runway this spring, but animal print, animal print, snake print, cheetah, leopard, all the prints that we wore in like early aughts, like 2008 to 2010. So it was just like giving major post-college day vibes for me. Um, But animal print was everywhere. I didn't really see any of this at the trade show. So I'm going to say that. I don't think I saw one single animal print thing. I don't know that necessarily lends itself to that, but perhaps that could be something interesting to think about if you are a textile designer or you are a boutique owner looking at bringing in, you know, for for fall. Um, I'm sure the animal print will continue into fall if it was kind of starting now in spring. So from an apparel perspective, keep your eye on animal print. But even for stationary brands, if you design uh, wrapping paper or 
anything that like that could lend itself to like a little bit on a card, that kind of thing, animal print, if it makes sense for your brand is out there (laughs) for what it's worth. Okay. Florals, obviously florals, it's spring. So there were an abundance of florals and they were used in different ways for different brands. And so this is a really good way to think about how to interpret a trend for your brand. So we know that cottage core came out towards the end of last year and it's like still around that really femme floral trend. We talked about that with Jessica too. That trend is still is still out there. But that floral doesn't necessarily work for every brand or every aesthetic. It is very girly and frilly, but there's ways to do florals that work for your brand. Or maybe they don't. So this could be a take it or leave it situation, right? So On the runways in particular, florals had their moments with so many different brands and they were interpreted in a way that made sense for those brands. So one instance would be that they were kind of like bunched together like a bouquet print, a single place print or appliques, like little bunches of florals were 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 very prominent. So Givenchy or Erdem, both of those had that kind of placed floral. There were also kind of this like vintage grandma wallpaper feel to florals as well. Balenciaga had a lot of these. So it's like a, more of a true like tapestry type floral print. And oh my gosh, well, I personally really love Ula Johnson and Zimmerman and they're really known for their prints and their florals. So like, this is no surprise, but the use of color was just so beautiful. And they had a lot of really beautiful, bold, colorful florals that still felt really feminine. And then there were also prints that made more of a bold kind of two color pattern. So like a black ground with a light single color floral print or the inverse where it was more spring forward with the light ground with a dark print on top of it. Dior was a really good example of that with that kind of two color, more in your face print. And then there were just others. There were abstract florals. There were, like I said, the super light flowy feminine. There were more watercolory florals. There were all kinds of florals. So that is a trend that I do not think is going away anytime soon. So if there is a way to work florals into your collection. So if you're buying a collection for your boutique, you're you're designing into your own product categories. If you want to work florals in, in a way that works for your brand, it's something to consider because it is very much out there. Jessica talked last week about how this is like the year of the woman. And she's really predicting that it's going to be any type of woman's going to stand in their power this year in terms of how we're dressing. Think about how that applies to your own brand and the product that you carry or the product that you're assorting into your store. If a floral makes sense or if it doesn't, what is the that take, that spin that you can have on your collection to be on trend, whether you're talking about abstract shapes or stripes, if you have a more like clean girl aesthetic or like modern aesthetic, go the color blocking, interesting play with stripe and color blocking direction versus florals. Or maybe there's a way to do a touch of florals so that you are on trend and you have something that feels different and special but just do it in a small way. That's kind of how you can interpret some of these trends from a print perspective. The last kind of print or pattern motif trend that I'll touch on 
is this is a very small thing, but it was out there was this play on fruits and berries. So there were some prints that had that mix of the fruit and berry in it. Um, but I definitely did see this with some of the stationary brands that I saw. Uh, and I'm, I'm going more towards stationary brands as the references in this conversation because those brands are very pattern heavy, right? And so it's easy to kind of spot that. And so I'm referencing it here, but this can apply to packaging. This can apply to so many different things if it makes sense for your brand. So the last thing I'm just going to talk about is what I'm kind of seeing out there from a typography perspective. So I think we're definitely continuing to move away from that traditional feminine script and continuing to go more bold. So I think the fonts were very um, kind of retro and thin in 2023. And I think in 2024, it's going to still have that retro vibe, but be more bold. So the fonts just seem to have more of like a graphic playfulness to them that I hadn't seen. And this kind of goes a little more towards packaging, definitely with food brand packaging, consumables. There is this kind of like bubbly, playful font happening in addition to a more retro thing happening, but playing with thicknesses of the weight. So kind of two things, actually, now that I'm saying this, there's the retro vintage. When I say retro, I should actually be saying vintage aesthetic And then also the playful, where there's kind of like a shape to the letters. I'm not a graphic designer, so I am probably butchering the way to describe all this. This is just me giving you the trend that I'm seeing out there. Hopefully that is helpful and it's it's kind of making some sense to you whenever I'm talking through this. So whether you have like a more feminine brand and it's more watercolor-y and playful, you can take some of these playful fonts and work them into your feminine brand. You don't have to suddenly be this like bold, modern graphic brand, but how are you taking these trends and evolving what you're doing so that it still feels really on brand and will resonate with your customer who might be looking for something a little more trend forward? So as a buyer, I would take in all of these trends. There's so many trends out there. There's a plethora of trends. And we all know that if you chase after every single one of them, you are just going to be dumping money into inventory that's not going to turn. So you need to take all the trends and put your brand filter on, really take your customer into your mind, have that be the lens in which you are looking at all these trends and figure out how you can work them in. So Sometimes there are trends that you're like, this is definitely not for me. And it's really easy to just say, okay, cool. I'm going to leave that animal print trend over here. Someone else can take up that business, right? Other times you might say, okay, this might not exactly be my brand verbatim or to a T, but there are elements I can take of this and incorporate them into my brand. Other times you're going to say, this trend is a like a no-brainer. I'm going to make this a really big idea. That's kind of the next level of this. It's, okay, weed out what's right for you and what's not right for you, or maybe is right for you in a small way, and then start to say, okay, how big am I going to make these trends? How am I going to incorporate this into my collection, whether I'm designing into or I am buying from outside brands or vendors? How am I going to work these in and how long are these items going to live at full price? 
Okay. That's like the next level of it. It's the life of the item. I'm probably going to do a whole other episode on this because I feel like I could talk about life of item for a long time um, because it is so extremely important to our cash flow to understand that before we buy or invest into inventory. But when you're looking at trends, you want to say, okay, this is a little eyedropper trend. When I say eyedropper, I mean, you buy it like an eyedropper, boop, boop, two little drops of that trend i.e. the cash that you're dumping into that inventory, just little eyedroppers. It's the icing on the cake. It's the little trend that's going to be fun to market to for four weeks, and then it's gone. Poof, goodbye, and you're not marking down a ton of it. Other trends you're going to take a stand on, and you're going to say florals and graphic florals specifically are very much aligned with my brand. So I'm going to have one that lives for spring in a big way. And it is my main print. I'm going to really stand behind it. And then come fall, I think this trend is going to still be around. So I'm going to update that floral or have a version of that floral that's more fall forward that could live fall into holiday. And I'm going to bring another graphic floral in because that trend feels big and it feels very much in alignment with my brand. So hopefully that helps to kind of give you a little bit of a, a lens through which to take all these trends and apply them to your brand and to how you are investing into your buys. So I hope that you found this chat to be helpful. Again, this is just what I'm seeing out there, what I saw on the runways, what I saw when I was in New York. And there are some other things I didn't even mention that I just don't think necessarily apply to a lot of the audience I'm speaking to. But there's so much going on out there at every moment for trends. And so I wanted to just bring some of them together to give you some idea of what I'm seeing out there. And again, I want to hear what you're seeing out there too, because especially if you are a buyer and you traveled to other regions like Atlanta Mart, et cetera, your magic is coming up. Like if you are buying and going to those shows, like I want to hear what you're seeing out there too, because I find trend spotting to be so fun and fascinating. And also if you're a brand and you've been doing your own research, like I want to hear what you're seeing out there too, because I love learning from you guys. So I hope that this was a fun chat. I had so much fun pulling this together because I haven't really had to force myself to do this for a while. Like I just, I kind of realized that I haven't been spotting things as much. So it was really, really fun to do some research for this episode. So hope you found it helpful. Come connect with me on Instagram at Kristen Fisher coaching. And if you liked this kind of an episode, let me know because I can do more of them, maybe even a fun fall or even a 2025 like predictions episode after we see the fall shows that come out. So hope you have an awesome day and you crush your sales this week and I will see you again next Monday. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you are loving the show, I would be so beyond grateful if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with one of your biz besties to help spread the word. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. I'll be back to chat with you next Monday.